Welcome to episode two of the Favour the Fundamentals podcast. Today we have on Kev from Brawn and Brains Coaching. If you want to just introduce yourself a bit, mate. Yeah, cheers for having me on, guys. It's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. So uh, I'm Kev. Uh, I'm from Brawn Brains Coaching and pretty much sort of uh, another online coach kind of specialising in uh, physique development and hypertrophy. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. Perfect. So today's episode, we're going to go into a bit about Training programming considerations, how to design a perfect training program to get optimal uh, physique development, not just around sort of bodybuilding, but around working around your lifestyle, working around enjoyment and stuff like that as well. Um, obviously, we've got Harry here as usual, um, and we're just going to kick off with speaking a little bit about Kev's new academy he's got up and running at the moment. Yeah, so the, the Braun Brains Academy is a, a bit of an interesting one because it's basically sort of you know, we on on the team we sort of have our own sort of different niches that we kind of specialize in. At, at the moment, I'm starting to like work with a few more athletes and those who are kind of seeking a, a bit more sort of optimal. Sounds like a doctor, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the the academy is actually a, a bit more of like a lifestyle focused program, which is why I was kind of a a good one to come on this podcast because. If, if there's one thing that sort of we we believe in is actually sort of a, applying sort of the detail behind the programming, but in a way that's still going to be kind of a bit more digestible and accessible to uh, more of kind of a lifestyle audience and, and stuff. So this is kind of a, a new way that we've sort of gone about coaching some of the systems and stuff we've used uh, much more kind of uh, affordable as we we're kind of doing the, the first run of it. So uh, much yeah. more affordable. I'll just get that in there. Much more yeah. affordable. Yes, yeah, so a, a little project that, that, that we're cooking up. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, kind of that uh, takes off in, a, in the next couple of weeks, and uh, uh, hopefully, could, could be kind of the, the start of something new, kind of on the on the lifestyle market. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, you've obviously got two very different niches. Um, like we spoke about many times, Ben's pretty much a doctor at this stage, um, an unlicensed doctor per se. And then <laughs> you, you've got the the hypertrophy physique development, and your you know, mechanics knowledge is, is pretty decent, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> um, but obviously, yeah, so we're going to go into some programs considerations now. Um, Harry, do you want to kick off with the first one and then we'll just delve into it a little bit and just sort of see where we get? So I think the first best way to start is actually just debunk some shit myths that I think we will all get questions about. We'll all hear on a daily basis. And uh, some people still make content about these... Uh, these sort of myths which is a lot of people yeah. yeah um and you'll even like walk around the gym and hear some of these things said by people and i won't say they're a load of shit but they're, they're definitely not not 100 percent not correct. not a load of shit no we'll say that yeah um but i think the first one that is very 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 interesting is compound movements at the start of your session and you have to start every single session with a compound movement. So does anyone want to want to take take control of this uh, topic? Yeah. Kev, do you want to go first? Or Yeah, that's cool. So I, I think that the, that the foundation of any sort of program design should basically be kind of working backwards from the desired outcome. So if we know what we're trying to achieve 
with a certain client, you know, whether, whether that be, you know, in, in, in our realm, probably a bit more, uh, you know, sort of visual change and sort of physique development and stuff like that. But regardless of outcome, the establishing what is the outcome is important because we then have the, the means to kind of work back from that and think, all right, how, how do I set it up for desired outcome to, to sort of take place? You know, it's at the end of the day, it's very simple stimulus plus recovery equals adaptation. Those adaptations are going to lead to, to the outcome that we want. So, I think with the with the you know compound movements first thing, of course when when the goal is hypertrophy, which I'm assuming you know is the case for most of our clients who are you well, know, yeah we'll we'll say the goal is hypertrophy muscle yeah just you know, if, we, if we're looking for physique development that's probably kind of going to be at the forefront of you know the the the, the client's results. So if we're looking at hypertrophy, then you know the stimulus and, and adaptation that that we're looking for is uh, you know mechanical tension that's going to be our key driver of of hypertrophy. So then. I think what should be at the at the forefront of our minds as coaches is how can we set up a, a, a session to, you know, deliver the the best you know dose of mechanical tension that we can, and most of the time actually that doing doing an isolation first is probably actually going to be a bit more conducive to to that goal because when we then start thinking about things like training muscles at you know different contractile lengths and positions where we may be weaker or stronger, we want to ensure that we maximize performance throughout a session and therefore sometimes a, a compound movement at the, at the start may not be the most conducive to, to that goal. Yeah, exactly. It's about putting the muscle for as much tension as physically possible. If you obviously this is, this is goal dependent, you know, we're talking from a point of um, if you're listening to this, I'm, you know, I'm assuming that you want to you know, build muscle, you want a hypertrophy effect. Um, the point of that is to put the, the muscle for as much stimulus as physically possible. And, and as Kev said, it is one of those things where you have to kind of adhere to that. And oftentimes, mostly when you'll see someone performing a said compound movement, uh, the amount of stimulus they might be getting from that, and when you are looking to, you know, target the muscle in the length and range, the short and range, when we look at the resistance profiles of a lot of, you know, a lot of kit, a lot of machinery, it probably often comes down to the fact that you are probably getting more more tension, more stimulus for a lot of the, you know, I said isolation exercises um, rather, rather than compounds. Harry, have you got any sort of thoughts on it at all? I think too many people can jump in straight into a compound as well and not actually get a feel for the muscle they are trying to work. And they're yeah. just purely moving weight from like A to B with that compound. It's fun though. It, <laughs> it's one of them where it's like, I, I did it when I went to the gym when I first, you know, you get in the gym and you think people, you know, you you, you two probably would have heard it as well where people say like, you have to do like squat bench deadlift if you really want to build dense muscle and stuff like that. And I think, you know, what it, what it comes down to is the fact that realistically you don't. Um, I'm sure I've, you know, personally, I, I you know, coach many people who don't have any of them in their program, and I'm sure you too do as well. Um, but yeah, I think it is one of those things that you hear that if, if you are going to do them, you have to do them. You have to do them first at the start of your session so you don't sort of burn yourself out. Um, and like you said, a lot of people with them will literally just get in the gym move as much weight as they can. Um, and realistically, the, the, the stimulus there is, is pretty much you know, non-existent, per se. Not, not just the stimulus, but that could lead to a lot of injuries going it forward. It does lead to a lot of injuries, doesn't if it? You just jump straight into a session, barely do any feeler or warm-up sets, and just stick fucking 100 kg on your back on your first squat because you think you can attempt it. And then all of a sudden, that, that leads to a, a big injury down the line if, if that's a, a habit you keep up, I think. Yeah, I, I remember going to the gym like two years ago. When when did gyms first open again? 
West of, uh, two years ago, we went into lockdown. The first lockdown, I think it was like July. Oh, it was July, wasn't it? Like near the like mid to late July 2020, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, actually, well, not two years ago, like literally about two years ago today, we went into lockdown. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's March, isn't it? Yeah, so about <laughs> yeah, just every year and a half, whatever. Um, we first got back in the gym, I remember just going. No, my, my knowledge at the time was, was very subpar, shall we say, and um, attempting a barbell squat on the first week. I remember doing like 120 and then and then 140. Didn't have the safety bars up, literally dropped 140 on the back of my head. And I'll tell you right now, it was horrendous. Like, I remember just, um, my girlfriend was there at the time. I remember just looking at her and I just couldn't see. She was just stars everywhere. And I had this massive fuck off lump on the back of my head. So, I mean, if, if that doesn't say that, you know, you probably can when it's moved, you probably can't handle realistically, then, uh, then yeah, it can lead to, to, to several injuries, shall we say, as well. I think, um, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one because I think it also kind of varies from, from muscle to muscle because, for, yeah, for example, what, what, what Harry was saying about sort of like connecting to, to a particular muscle, I think that also kind of comes back to the idea of sort of, what are we what are we trying to get out of you know the, that kind of order of of exercise because you know for for example i've like touched on you know i don't i don't like the idea of you know pre-exhausting you know training that's, that's uh, another topic yeah i'll let yeah. you know on this one yeah, yeah. So, so i think it also comes back to what are we trying to to get out of it because my my point of view is that it, it is very much sort of about you know different you know contractile lengths and sort of how we can set ourselves up for sort of the best performance throughout a session by manipulating things like resistance and, and strength profiles to to elicit the maximum amount of uh, mechanical tension that, that we can. Whereas I, I think some people's point of view will probably, you know, be a, a, maybe a bit more towards sort of that idea of, you know, connecting to, to a muscle and maybe therefore so that in the movements after where is, I, 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 I don't think that that kind of holds quite as much weight because uh, what we do often see happen is that, you know, depending on the, the compound movement that follows, is that we can actually start to see kind of some you know compensation from other muscles and joint motions kind of used to achieve the the, the same movement. So, for example, something like a like a squat, uh, a leg extension before a leg press or a squat, where you oh, might even just like a hamstring curl before an RDL. That's one that I see often when they get the hamstring short to get the hamstring lengthened after. Um, there's many the, examples of it. Ha the hamstrings are an, an interesting one in, uh, because the, the the RDL you could you could technically kind of float it like either way. Um, that there, there there are some like scenarios where you know, for for example, like a, a leg extension and a and a, like a hack squat or something, or like a, a an RDL and and a ham curl mo movements where sort of that the target muscle sort of remains more of a limiting factor. Yeah. That's why I think the the the, the pre exhaustion you know technically wouldn't like matter too much because if it can remain a limiting factor in the compound movement that, that follows then we probably don't have to worry kind of as much about the the compensation so i think it, it again kind of comes back to the idea of what are we try and sort of yeah i think the rdl is a funny one um especially in comparison to 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 a you know a prone leg curl a seated leg curl um you know you hear i don't know if you you've seen this but i hear a lot of people uh, go on the argument at the moment that the rdl really in, in essence isn't actually you know the hamstring isn't the primary factor in that movement per se oh, no. um and if you look at the, the anatomy of the body it probably isn't you look at the profile of it no, definitely. So I think the hot the rdl to, to the um the hamstring curl is a funny one but like you said i think 
oftentimes when you when you talk about pre-exhaustion you will see you know specifically on lower days um i think you know a, a leg a leg extension before a, a hack or a leg press i think that's that's one of the most common things and i mean what what it comes down to is you know if it works for you if it works for you but i think the argument of pre-exhaustion I, it, for me you know this, this might be uh, but for me i think a lot of people will apply a pre-exhaustion exercise what they think is pre-exhausting the muscle because they've seen it online you know mm. same oftentimes with the with with putting a band on a hack squat with like 20 kilos on i think it comes down to the same thing where you know you'll ask someone what why are you doing that before this this said exercise and they'll say to pre-exhaust all right so to pre-exhaust what exactly and, and they won't actually come up with an answer for it yeah and i think what it comes down to a lot of the times is these things become like a trend and that's not me saying that pre-exhaustion doesn't have a place because it does at a certain point out from my opinion but i think it does come down to a lot of people just doing it because you know because they've seen bigger guys do it per se you know what i mean yeah well i think i think that's a that, that, that's a good one because it, it it does kind of come down to you know in in sort of like so someone who, who's just kind of in the gym trying to reach goals, maybe not uh, like a coach themselves. It, it, it's almost not their responsibility to sort of understand the the why behind their doing things, and that yeah. that's why I kind of uh, I, I get so kind of so much enjoyment out of sort of the the anatomy and the mechanics side of things because you know as, at the end of the day, as as a, as a coach, your your job pretty much sort of revolves around putting forces through through people's anatomy so yeah it's kind yeah. of your responsibility to understand as much of that as, as as possible um and but by the same token also appreciating that fundamentally the the client is is driven towards a a goal not necessarily sort of yeah. why and how they get there so it's then also kind of walking that fine line between you know leveling up your your knowledge as a coach to be able to sort of deliver the results as as efficiently as possible um, but also in a in a way that doesn't just scare the the, the shit out of a client. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for some people, especially on the lifestyle front, you know, going going into a gym is is already potentially quite a, a daunting. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and then if you're if you're then potentially you know sat there then like going into the nitty gritty of all right, so we're going to use like a <laughs> luggage scale to to measure the the, the band magnitude of, of you know reverse banding a hack squat. That that you. They're gonna think, what on earth? I've been signed up for this. <laughs> yeah, I think me and Harry, we went over this last time, but we had a chat about it the other day. Yeah, well, I think you two have just had a very, very good conversation. It's gone ninety percent of it's gone over most people's heads. If yeah. we're able to put a, a more, yeah, a more, fair, uh, I think a lifestyle client that's looking to get in the gym, some of them won't even understand shortening and lengthening and the RDL versus the hamstring curl. So more, maybe not pre-exhaustion. But jumping onto a peck fly and just getting some blood in the chest before you jump into a chest press will be a big thing for a lot of uh, beginners or very, very like lower intermediate lifters. Early stage. Yeah, yeah. They get a bit of a feeling before a they feel, go into yeah. moving some weight. And then then you look at going into getting the peck short through a, through a, a dumbbell press. And that that's where I think most people will go wrong is they'll just maybe jump straight into the dumbbell press, get no feeling from it at all. And they've just moved weight from A to B without actually thinking about what they're doing. So as much as you can go into conversation about reverse band and a hack and stuff and leg, leg extension, RDL, hamstring curl, most people won't have 
any idea what what you've just spoke about for the past yeah. 10 minutes. I, I think another example for that is like, you know, the, the main muscle I would say, which which comes back from from clients I work with, that they can't, you know, feel um, it is 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 the lat. Um, for for a lot of movements, a lot of guys can't feel the lat. So so an example that it comes down to is. Hence why a lot of people might do, you know, a, a rope pullover, for example, yeah. prior prior to a big lap movement. Um, and and not that that's going to add any, you know, you know extra stimulus and, and not that they're doing it to a point of, of mechanical failure, but ju- just so they get a feel for it, which I think is absolutely fine. I think a lot of people do that, you know, get a rope, do some light pullovers. If it helps you feel your lats on a, on a bigger movement, then I think that's absolutely fine. Um but again, you know, it comes down to just sort of, you know, try try different things. If you if you can't feel your light on a certain movement, switch it to a different movement. Just just try and, and see what works for you and works for your mechanics, and then and that really is, is going to deliver you, you know, a successful training program. Just you know, finding what works for you and what exercises work. Yeah, I just didn't didn't want you to, you two to go on for way too long about something. It's not me. It's him. This is what he does. Honestly. <laughs> he gets really nerdy. Nah, nah as I as I said though, it it, uh, it it becomes kind of the coach's responsibility to to know these things, but equally their responsibility to present that and you know in a program in a in a way that doesn't you know scare the shit out of the clients. So you know it's all it's all good and well you know just sitting here and and, and chatting about it and you know I can do that for absolute yonks, but the, the way that they'll you know be be programmed for a, for a client is probably not going to be kind of delivering that you know kind of like language and and stuff like that but a court, but, but I think as, as well you know for anyone listening who, who who maybe you know is in a is in a position where they're thinking like oh you know do, do I want to, to invest in a coach or not that that probably kind of brings up a, a good point on on its own because if you can't understand you know maybe some of the stuff that that we were on about then you know that's that's perhaps good evidence that that you may need someone's kind of do that that thought process for you and yeah, if, if, if you if, if you're wanting to kind of you know guide yourself through through the waters then that's probably a, the, the kind of stuff that you're soon going to need to start thinking about so if that sounds big and scary, then you know it may be worth kind of having that that person sort of oversee your progress and and guide you through it. Because yeah, sure, you know new new gains are, are easy to acquire. You can pretty much do anything and get them. But after a point, if you want to continue seeing results, then there there needs to be a, a bit more thought process to why we do what we do. Again, it comes back to that idea of outcome and then kind of structuring things in a way that kind of deliver us to to that to those results. Yeah, I think that's a really fair point. I think. I've definitely been a stage before where I've, you know, looked high coaches just because, you know, a few years ago, my knowledge was, wasn't that, I don't know. So I think it is, you know, always consideration. Um, however, we will go on to, to, to another myth. I want to point on that one though, because I, I slightly dis- disagree. Obviously that's yeah. all goal dependent on getting a coach that is very much all goal dependent yeah. Yeah, yeah if you want to overall develop your physique to like a very very high level then maybe but i think you can also learn a lot about movements through listening to this sort of podcast and i think that's sort of the whole yeah, point yeah. of it is to 100 that's all what i was trying to get across I, I was trying to get across that you know, if, if this kind of stuff, you know, seems like, oh, you know, the, I, I, I don't want to have to, to learn that stuff, 
then that's maybe one you, you should consider because all, all this uh, all the stuff you need is a hundred percent out there if you can you know be asked to to put the time and effort into to, to learning that stuff uh but it's you know then sort of uh, if, if if one you know look, looks at this and thinks oh okay maybe maybe i'm not ready to kind of uh you know go learn all, all all that stuff then that's kind of maybe the the position where you know maybe maybe a coach to kind of fast track that process would, would be sort of ideal I think, I think what it comes down to is like if you really want to upgrade your physique um you may look at getting a coach but no one no one needs a coach that, that was my point you do not yeah. need a coach like, no 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 one needs a coach you can definitely no develop your physique without it way. you need think a coach. how much sort of free knowledge there is um yeah, 100% but if you want to sort of take that next step in, in physique development, it's always a good idea. I don't want people to come away and think, all oh, right, to get a good physique, I need to be paying 100 plus a month to a coach when realistically it's just, uh, yeah, not. No, definitely. I was, I was saying it's more so the, 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 the choice. It's kind of you've, you're, you're either going to sort of have to, you know, take, take what we're saying and think, all right, I'm going to go learn about this stuff now so I can get myself. Yeah, just learn, learn yourself. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Right. Um, let's go into another one, another sort of fitness myth, which which is one that you know kind of annoys me. Um, is you know specific rep ranges for for you know different things. So oftentimes you're still here now, um, which you know I, I kind of thought we'd move past this to be honest. But is, is things like you know if you eight to twelve reps, okay, that that's the hypertrophy stimulus. That's what you want to stay in within building muscle. You know you see the amount of times people programming three by ten, three by twelve, whatever. And then if you go lower than eight, all right, you 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 gain strength in that that margin. All right, well if you go higher than twelve, that's that's muscular endurance. So you know, I think I think that's probably you know a good a good one to go into um, because you know, quite frankly, it, it's bullshit and it really doesn't make much sense as it is. Um, anyone want to take the lead on that one? I think some of them stem from the old, the old, old like powerlifting and that sort of thing. Yeah. Bodybuilding.com. That's what we where, said last yeah, time. The competitions of powerlifting are all based around you, like one rep maxes and all that sort of sort of stuff. Which I know fuck all about powerlifting, but I think yeah, that's we're where definitely it, not powerlifters. Let's just get that disclaimer in. There yeah, I think that's where it comes it. from. Is like yeah. powerlifters need strength, but then if you also look at powerlifters, they have a lot of muscle as well, which would be yeah. more related to that muscle building and an hypertrophy. So I think that's where you can look at it. Is like uh, people that train for bodybuilding have a lot of strength. Powerlifters. Yeah, you don't see these big, also, like high-class bodybuilders who aren't strong, do you? Yeah. Also, you don't see powerlifters who are tiny. Yeah, it's so, a good point, actually. Yeah. So I think the two worlds can sort of combine, or the two worlds don't really uh, exist in a way. Like, yeah, I, both, I actually agree with that. Yeah, yeah. They're both just sort of overlapping, so you can train for strength. Um. And you can train for hypertrophy, but you can't yeah. do one without the other. Yeah, like a powerlifter will train, say if powerlifter train for 10 years, he's at the top of his game and he's pulling like, you know, upwards of 350 kilos. He's not going to have no muscle. It's, do you know what I mean? You don't see guys pulling that sort of weight with no muscle. And in the same in the same context, you don't see, you know, like, I don't know, any uh, higher, higher, you know, even amateur, higher amateur bodybuilder and stuff they are quite strong a lot of the time. And, and there is a, a rhyming reason for that. And I think it is a good point what you made because it's just like, you know, you see these powers and they're not small. If they're training a strength rep range for the entire time, obviously they, you know, they, they do their isolation work, but 
you know, they, they predominantly obviously go for that strength increase. Um, if, if the, the, uh, the myth was correct, they would be walking around with, with little to no muscle pulling <laughs> upwards of 800 pounds off the floor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think even on the endurance side of it, where you train for endurance with higher, higher rep ranges. And I think if you look at, I think a cyclist is a very, very good um, example. So if you look at the size of some of their quads and some of their legs, and they train just for endurance, so no, no muscle building at all, but for some reason, they have got amazing quads, like absolutely huge quads. So it's, it, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, there isn't, you know, like no specific rep range is going to be the one that's going to build muscle. Obviously, there will be favorable ranges um, for, for certain movements, of course. But if you think that because you've done five reps on, on a set, you're not going to build any muscle from that, um, <laughs> then you know, it's just wrong. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Kev, do you want to? Elaborate on that a bit further. Anything yeah, fine. No, the, the, the thing you just said makes me giggle because I, I do know people who will literally be like, oh, no, like six, five, six reps, that's, that's too low. Like, as if your yeah, body yeah. knows, like, your body's oh, like, nah, that's not only any seven, muscle, six, like, I'm build muscle now, but oh, oh, I've, done, <laughs> yeah. I've done seven, now I can build muscle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just go above that range and it's like your, your body knows that within that sort of two, Jesus, your body knows within that two rep margin, it's like, the, the difference of building muscle to not build it, I yeah. think, is so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's kind of Jesus. Jesus that's the absolute. St- I'm just showing them a, a photo of some size yeah, for, for the audio because we don't yeah. have video at the moment. Um, and they are absolutely huge. And that that was the point I'm getting into. They they do not they do not build them without without some overlap of the every single thing. Well, yeah. I can imagine they do a lot of, they'll do a lot of sort of power movements, wouldn't they? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly a cyclist trainer, but um, my main thing would, they're probably training is around sort of producing force, you know, in essence. So, and, and, and you know, you look at quads like that, I think there's so many examples. You look at so many, you know, disciplines, so many sports of people who train in different rep ranges and train for, for you know, endurance or strength, but yet, they still have considerable amounts of muscle tissue on their bodies. Um, so I think, yeah, I, th- I think if anyone sort of tells you that just because you've done four reps on a, I don't know, hack squat or something, you're not going to build any tissue off that. Uh, they're, they're probably not the sort of people you want to be listening to in the long term, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, that's probably one of the, uh, the, 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 the most sort of agitating ones I hear. Um, Kev, did you want to input one of yours? Uh, Wait, I think yeah. before we move on, it'd be good to mention the actual like around the hypertrophy rep range is probably from about five to thirty. I think everyone would agree on that. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, yes, yes, and no. Yes, and no. Um, so I think I think what's always worth appreciating is that as 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 Harry, I think I think pointed out, there's always going to be kind of that elements of overlap there that's that's important to understand you know it's not it's not like uh you know you're going to get that you know endurance adaptation from sort of those higher reps without any sort of mechanical tension there that's you know probably what's going to yeah sort of more so drive hypertrophy because it's it's still unclear at the moment like whether 
things like metabolic stress sort of like directly drive hypertrophy. Yeah. But yeah, what, yeah. what we can probably bank on is the fact that even in those higher rep ranges, there's still, you know, going, going to be some mechanical tension there. Um, but that's also what kind of makes it a bit, a bit interesting about that, you know, kind of wide rep range of, of work for, for hypertrophy, because especially as you kind of get towards sort of those higher rep ranges, you know, especially things like as high as 30 reps, it becomes sort of very challenging to, to, to figure out like exactly if, if you're actually, you know, getting closer to failure or potentially, you know, quote unquote failing due to actually, you know, muscular failure and being unable to, to produce enough force. Yeah. Or, or if it's just kind of a, you know, crazy lactic, you know, metabolites yeah. and, you know, crazy yeah, pump yeah. and stuff. So there, there's definitely place for that kind of work. And again, also comes back to sort of, you know, what adaptation we're trying to, to get out of it. Um, but dare I say that, uh, I, I think, uh, sort of, I think that the more moderate rep range is, is almost, although not strictly a hypertrophy rep range, maybe more of a, a safer or more foolproof bet for, for, for hypertrophy. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think, I think there is a, a certain margin once you get to like 30 reps where it's like, right. Am I actually failing now due to muscular mechanical failure or that I physically can't do anymore? I think that is that is a good argument to be had. Um, but well, but you know, saying that, it doesn't mean that 30 reps isn't gonna work and 30 reps you can't build muscle. Oh, I, think, no, I think it's just no. one of those things where it's like it's, it might be a bit harder to dictate once you get up to that you know, ridiculous, ridiculous rep range, whether uh, the, the the stimulus that is driving you to stop there is, is actually you know a yeah, well, from, failure from someone who's doing like more of a metabolic conditioning kind of focus in their training oh, yeah, moment, yeah yeah you know uh, doing like a 25 to 30 rep set of leg extensions even from someone it's who horrendous is, before yeah, well, from, from someone who is capable of like you know really taking it there with their with their training even i'll i'll say like Jesus, did did I actually, you know, reach failure on there, or was it just kind of even that just close to sort of pitching out? It burns yeah. like crazy. My ADHD kicks in, and I can't count past twelve <laughs> <laughs> on anything. So, hey, do you know what I mean? I actually agree with that. I'll get to a certain point where I it's like film everything over. Yeah, I, I'm actually the same. I'll get to a certain point oh, if I'm doing like a twenty rep set, I'll be on like fourteen, and then I'll just switch off, and I just carry on, and then I'm like. Yeah, I don't know how many reps I just did there. I've got no idea. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll literally do that all the time. Um, so yeah, another programming consideration: make sure you can count. I think that's a <laughs> an, apt, an apt point. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's probably that one cleared off. Kev, do you want to go into one of your several? Um, what just sort of like MythBusters for for sort any of any sort of thing that you hear in the gym, you hear outside of the gym, you hear on you know, let's be honest, particularly social media that you think is one. Well, I needs. think I I think the, the the rep range stuff actually opens up some some cool doors for, for for discussion because it does kind of come back to that idea of sort of a you know overlap and stuff because there 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 are definitely like some meatheads out there who will say like you know as we were sort of talking about you know oh, low low rep ranges you'll just build you know strength and and not muscle and, and things like that. But it's, but that opens up some cool kind of, you know, ideas in, in terms of, you know, stimulus and adaptation, because it's kind of like, well, so, so what if we, if we uh, are building strength? Because one, one thing that I've, I very much like to do is actually sort of periodize uh, training blocks. And uh, this, this was a, a an, an idea that I kind of uh, 
Ben Ben from uh, you know my my coaching brand Brawn Brains he, he kind of first sort of a turned me on to and then I kind of did some digging around with some content from a Casim uh, Hansen from N One Education yeah and uh, this is where I kind of really sort of took that one in depth and it was it was so fascinating because of the idea of how we can actually kind of potentiate you know future training blocks from sort of what we're doing now uh, and sort of how our current state of of adaptation can kind of lend itself to making you know other sort of stimuli you know potentially sort of easier to obtain you know later down the line so um for example you know that there will be people that say you know strength doesn't sort of carry over to to hypertrophy and stuff and i think i think i've even heard like people like uh, mike israel talk about that on on podcasts and stuff before and it's sort of like where where that may or may not be true is almost irrelevant because our our, our ability to to, you know maybe through something like a more of a neurological focused training block you know have, have better sort of coordination better movement patterns more strength when we then flip the switch to more kind of hypertrophy specific hypertrophy. training quote unquote later down the line these are all adaptations which is just going to come even more in handy and arguably make that hypertrophy easier to achieve so things like a periodizing training blocks and stuff is th- things i think are incredibly useful especially when it then sort of comes to, to managing fatigue alongside that yeah, I completely agree, especially when it comes to, you know, managing recoverability and fatigue as well. I think that if you're, if you're looking at doing sort of these training blocks, the, these adaptations will will just work to your advantage over time, definitely, as you said. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's actually a really good point. I think that's a lot one a lot of people can take on. But there is many, many, many people talking about that sort of thing online. And there's so many different views, like everything, really. So be- before we move on. How would you suggest, so someone without a coach, how would you suggest they look into that? How would you suggest they do that? Maybe. Oh, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was about question. to move on to that one because this, uh, I, was, I was just about to kind of carry on from Seth and say one, one thing that I'm not a huge fan of actually is kind of that, that idea of like sort of drastically splitting rep ranges, obviously with kind of the, the popularity of sort of the, the top and back offset. There are, you know, many people that are an advocate of sort of that idea of, you know, well, uh, you know, we've got these three mechanisms for, for hypertrophy. So let's kind of try and like, you know go through all of them in a session make sure you get in your your heavy work for mechanical tension then make sure you get in those you know high reppers or metabolic finishes for the for the me- metabolic stress and stuff like that whereas if we consider kind of the the cumulative stress that that can sort of place on the body would you count uh, uh, 12 to 15 as purely metabolic work though i'd, I'd say i'd say that's still quite quite sort of like quote-unquote hypertrophy specific i think i think when we're moving maybe so, sort of like that's sort of like a, is that not sort of what most people program a back offset is is like a 12 to 15 a 10 to so then like a, a top set is like a six to nine five to nine five it, to ten it depends yeah. on sort of the, the the separation i think sort of the standard sort of top and back off is is, is absolutely sound uh, i think i think more than anything that more so just sort of like accounts for for fatigue to a degree um, but it's kind of when you, you, you know, maybe especially sort of towards the session, it's sort of like that, that, you know, top set, but then back off set, like a 25 to 30 repper. Uh, I see those as potentially more so opportunities to include in, in later training blocks, as opposed to trying to cram all these rep ranges into one session for the right. sake of trying to kick off. I, I think that's a, um, an interesting talking point, actually. So you see the top and back off set is pretty much like a lot of people do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to get your point on this, Harry, actually, from, well, I mean, predominantly your clients, similar to mine, are, are you know, predominantly lifestyle clients who just want to lose a bit of fat, gain a bit of muscle, whatever. Like how, for, for the majority of yours, how do you tend to program in terms of, do you do specific mesocycles? Do you do, do you kind of adapt that, that, that 
top top back offset approach or is your kind of approach to yeah. a different so different... i think that's hard to uh, it's hard to explain how i'll give a client based on like if you gave me someone i could tell you how i do it but, yes it's individual but like yeah. just in a yeah. but i think top top set back off is one fun i think giving them someone that six to nine uh and then letting them absolutely kill themselves trying to get a, a very good weight on that six to nine and it's a very easy um range to progressive overload on i feel like so yeah yeah to slowly up over time and then you can get that six or get that five i think it's easy to explain uh so most people can walk in and understand it without like without having to think into it too much so top yeah, step pretty easy. back yeah. off and then it's easy i can explain that to them and then they can walk in and do it straight away so i think How- as okay. a very lifestyle base and as a very maybe lower intermediate sort of coach is like you've got to think about what they understand and go on we finish and making them rep ranges like all right this is my top set i know this rep range is sort of my top set doesn't have to be on every single movement but so something like a a a lateral raise they won't have a a top set yeah i think i think i've found that my only issue when it comes to programming um especially for for, you know the average lifestyle client who who may be a, a beginner into the gym is when you know the, the term top back offset it kind of implies to a lot of people who aren't familiar with, with the training method that the back off should be half arsed in a way because it's a back offset you know you just do it i think i i have had issues i, I personally don't tend to, to program the the top back offset approach even though i can't see the advantages just because it, it is harder to escalate volume over time to bring up volume over time with it but, but one thing I would say is I, I would say that, you know, I, I do see a lot of people will say like they'll go to like, you know, five reps away from failure and, and you'll ask them and they're like, oh, it was only my back offset. And it's like, so really you're doing, you know, one working set. So how do you, have you ever, you know, an issue with any definitely, of your clients? Definitely. Doing- there has been issues with that, but that, I think that's where you, you, as a coach, you check the logbook, you ask for logbook, you ask for recordings of the sets. So you won't just ask for a recording of the top set. You'll you'll see the back off there as well. Yeah, yeah. that's where yeah. you can explain that with their own visual example and seeing their own visual example. I think you can be like, right, how many away was you actually from failure, or how many do you think you actually left had left yeah. in? The tank? And they'll be like, oh well, quite a lot. And I'm like, why'd you stop then? And then explain. Yeah, yeah. That's I think you know the main thing is like some people just obviously won't listen and won't have a coach and they're not interested. So I think the, the thing to establish is if you are sort of taking on this this top back off set approach, back off shouldn't be a half arse set where you're just sort of going into it. You know, leaving five reps back, in reserve. Back offs in there to work the muscle through different rep ranges. I think. Uh, yeah, that's it. Still, that's it. It's not. It's not a back off as in like half arse yeah, set. We're still pushing to. Uh, it depends how how you set up, but reps in reserve or absolute failure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And again, I think yeah, for sure. I think, absolute well, I think I think it's a mixture of sort of the the psychology and actually the the rep ranges thing because it, it also sort of goes back. You know, actually more of like a, a lifestyle client basis. Can they really sort of push through that? that burn when you start to get you know in some of those higher rep ranges and back off some I, yeah i agree with that Just maybe sort of that yeah. that mixture of psychology of that idea of you know a, a back off and then also in conjunction with you know maybe as they start getting into those higher rep ranges starts to burn and you end up with this kind of multifactorial scenario where they've then like left five reps in reserve 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, think about this example. Like, what, okay, say say you've got, you know, you do a top set back of approach on, on a hack swap, for example. Mm. So the top set you're aiming for six to nine, right? With really, you know, with a with weight that is very heavy for you and you're aiming for seven, like you are pretty done after that. Of course you are. But then, but then imagine doing the back off and doing 15 of a weight that's also heavy for you. What, what, what psychologically is going, are you going to want to stop in more during the set? Bang on. The back off. So I think Kev's made a really good point there. I think, you know, the only issue you may find if, if someone listening to this is wanting to program a, a top back off set approach where you do two sets of, of, of two different rep ranges is don't allow psychology to come into play with, with the, the, the back off set because, in, you know, realistically, if you're doing a 12 to 15, it will psychologically be harder during that set. Um, I think for me, I, I don't tend to program it. Uh, just because I find it a little bit harder to sort of escalate volume, but then that's just me. Um, but I do think, you know, a lot of people get on with, with a top back off set approach, don't they? Yeah. I, I realized I didn't even like end up uh, kind of fully answering the other one about sort of the actual implementation of like training blocks. Um, but that kind of ties in nicely to this. Cause for example, what I'll often do is I'll kind of give like a, a client when they first sort of join, like a, a bit of a roadmap or kind of like a long-term plan. Base prioritization for the next. Like very, very generally speaking, like it'll, it'll maybe be kind of like, you know, a few, a few mesocycles split into like, you know, like four week-ish mesocycles, a few mesocycles are like, you know, kind of hypertrophy specific training. And then, you know, depending on sort of their position and, you know, where we actually want to kind of go with that but, long term. Kev, what, what's a mesocycle? Uh, a mesos okay fair point yeah yeah uh, do you know what i mean because someone yeah, might be like what the fuck's a mesocycle do you know what and, I mean? and yeah. a, a four-week mesocycle do you really think that's enough for a lifestyle client to be able to absolutely nail the execution on a movement if if they are it depends because some lifestyle people pick you up straight away it again this is very yeah, goal dependent this, this, yeah this is all yeah. an average so if it's like you're looking at a lifestyle client most of them if you give them videos so like um to watch before i can't yeah, yeah. think of the word what's the word uh, uh, a video <laughs> like a video of, of the exercise oh a tutorial like, yeah sort of yeah uh that could take them two to three weeks watching that to actually nail it sending you things yeah. Well, what it might come down to is like the first, like Harry said, the first couple of weeks might be, you know, I, I, I have this a lot of times with, with, with clients who are complete beginners. The first couple of weeks, I actually, this, this might sound a bit backwards, but sometimes I don't, I don't even get them to track their things. I just want them to nail the execution each exercise. No, no, they, they're, new, so, they're new into uh, the gym. They go into the gym. I was trying to get on to, to Kev was, again, if, if someone's not got a coach. So I, I feel like this yeah. podcast, a lot of people listening are either coached by one of us or, or haven't got yeah so then yeah yeah so then, so, um, a, a mesocycle is basically like a mini block of of, of training kind of uh, you know and a, a, like a few training weeks but of course you know mesocycle length may may sort of differ so you know i gave the example of four weeks but that may not necessarily you know be the case and uh, also things don't necessarily have to change from sort of mesocycle to, to mesocycle you can always kind of like group mesocycles together into sort of like a a block so to speak if, if we're kind of looking at mesocycles like mini blocks um so like very often the the way that i'd kind of promote it is you know a few mesocycles you know of you know kind of focus of training to have like a like a hypertrophy specific block split into like a few mesocycles and then perhaps you know depending on the the direction we're headed you know if 
for example, if you do find it hard to take it there for like a, a 12 to 15 rep, or maybe, uh, you know, your, your tolerance to sort of metabolite buildup is super low and you are getting like a crazy burn sort of that 12 to 15 range already and you find it hard to kind of take it there, then it may be worth doing more of like a metabolic, you know, conditioning focused training block after that to actually kind of reap those adaptations that then are going to make what that kind of easier over Metabolic over. conditioning. When you, yeah, better words, mate, not science. Gotcha, sorry. Uh, so maybe maybe things which are going to kind of be more of like a you know burn focused training thing things are kind of going to give you you know more of that more of that pump and, and burn style training. So no, not make, that we're saying not that we're saying train for the pump because that's another one we could, we could go into, isn't it? Yeah, no, but yeah. but uh, thing, things like that can have their place because then if you definitely because then, then if you then trying to now use like more more kind of normal words if you then just sort of adapt to that and become more resilient to sort of that you know burn and, and pump. And when you then go back to kind of that usual, you know, 12 to 15 after you're more, you know, resilient to that, and that's going to be sort of then maybe way easier for, for people to kind of, you know, take it there with when in kind of their more hypertrophy specific training. So I think tr splitting training up into, into blocks is hugely beneficial in that regard. And that's kind of how you can sort of make future sort of training much more, um, you know, sort of simple and, and efficient. Yeah. yeah. Sort of uh, the question was, was how, how would you say, so someone that's not got a coach, someone that's, not actually that clued up how would you say they actually go about splitting up the training into blocks admittedly part of it will have to come come down to kind of some research which is kind of the, the point I was, I was getting across earlier if you don't if you don't have a coach then you know appreciate that it's probably going to take some some time and effort to figure out all right how do i actually therefore now gear my training more towards you know this adaptation and and whatnot but it's, it's more so sort of the general idea of periodizing it that, that I sort of wanted to... A, to a simple, a simple way of... of yeah, generally, you know, that, that more sort of metabolic conditioning stuff, generally speaking, is going to be sort of more sort of higher rep work, uh, more so about, you know, significant time under tension, so to speak, because that's where we are going to kind of see more of that metabolite build up. Um, so it's then kind of thinking, all right, you know, maybe things like, you know, rest pauses, muscle rounds, higher rep, you know, straight sets, et cetera. If, if we're looking at that adaptation, then maybe those are some of the things that are a bit more conducive to that. But if, if, if we're then talking like how to exactly structure each of those, then I'll be here for, for a whole day. <laughs> I think I think a simple, uh, you know, a way of putting it where you could sort of maybe not create, you know, a whole phase periodization where it's like you're creating three mesocycles, uh, one after the other on repeat with a, you know, deload accumulation in the middle would be just if say if you know there's a, there's a particular area you want to build up say say you've been going to the gym two years right the first year you just hated training legs you didn't train legs at all shock what's going to happen there you're going to be quite top heavy what you could be doing is you know your you, a block that you maybe could look at is doing a leg specialized block pretty simple pretty easy to do escalate the legs over time have the legs at a higher volume than the other muscle groups and thus the legs will be brought up in a faster, um, a faster way than, than others. I think, you know, for, for the average person um, who just kind of wants to go to the gym and build some muscle, it, it could just be as easy as thinking, you know, what do I, what, what do I want to build up most? What would I say in my weaker areas? All right, well, let's just add that, some that, volume. That was the, the point I was trying to get across. Yeah. You add some volume to a weaker area. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I it can be quite simple. Some client on lat specialization blocks, haven't you? And I'm Me? Guessing, yeah. That, I've got, yeah, I've got one guy on a lat specialization. I've, I've yeah. seen a few. Uh, well, I've seen it in the past anyway. But I think that's probably based on for the fact that 
maybe he's trained before you, or this is where I would look at it, uh, and he's been training before he's come to you. And I think a lot of people, like you mentioned earlier, struggled with the lats. So yeah. then you'd, you'd yeah. put a block around the lats because they need to be brought up and teaching them how to train the lats properly. And that is when they will probably blow up because everything else around them is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and I probably agree with that. I think I think it just um like well I'll I'll go into it. So one of my clients, Will, um, he's on a lot of specialization at the moment. He's a like uh Kev, you've seen him, haven't you? He's the guy with the massive quads. Um he's basically like yeah. he's um been been trained a while, but he basically just said to me that you know that's something which I always connect with the most. And he's heavily muscled as it is, but you know. His lats are a bit, he won't mind me say, a bit undeveloped compared to the, compared to the rest of the physique. So all we've done there is escalate, escalate the volume slightly, um, taking into account recoverability in this as well and, and how much you can handle. Obviously, everyone's going to be different. You have to... I don't want to say things like MEV, minimum effective volume, because that won't mean a lot to a lot of people. But it's just finding where, where you can make progress in terms of your performance and, and your physique um and and where 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 it's pretty easy for you and then and then just build it from that so I, all i'm doing with with will is escalating the volume in those areas um with everything else but but specific volume blocks there and then and then managing managing his recovery um i think you know another thing that we you know going into is <laughs> you can have the right in if you really i mean to grow realistically so it, it's all about when you when you're creating a training program you know work work in place of, of where you could wake recover from i think that leads me on to another but i know we're not doing questions in this but i did a i did a question box the other day and i completely forgot <laughs> to answer them uh of course and some guy actually asked me he was like you know i can only train um three times a week so this just you know comes on to what i would suggest but i'll ask harry first for an average lifestyle client, what would you suggest for someone who can train three times a week? Split just a, a full, full body three three times. Would a you? Week. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know. What about I, you, Kev? I, would. <laughs> I hate I hate to, to to be that guy that says, "Well, it depends." Um, generally, well, it, it does depend. To be fair, it's quite a broad question, but generally, I'd go uh, alternating uh, upper lower. I'd do upper lower. Yeah. Yeah, so like, like week one, it would be like three times a week, it'd be like upper, lower, upper, and then week two would be like lower, upper, lower. That makes sense, that that kind of thing. I think on, on the myths thing, one that we didn't even mention that we could come on to as well is you have to train five or more times a week. Like, that's, that's... I, I don't know about you two. Um, I don't know, I can't remember how, how often you pair train, but I've trained four, for a significant, four times a week for a significant amount of time now and, and, and gained uh, progressively. I don't how, how often do you two train at the moment? Uh, at the moment just three times a week and for the last few years most of it's been three to four times a week there are periods where i'll chuck in like an arm day that's like a fifth time a week but honestly that's like such an easy session that i'm not even sure you can can't really count. A, lot, a lot of like people actually say that arm days is pretty much a rest day anyway. yeah exactly what about you harry how, how often are you train at the moment because you're well, i mean you're quite peak growth phase aren't you at the moment yeah push pull legs yeah push density so what what five times yeah 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 five yeah so i mean I, i'll still speak to people now um i i actually have had a guy i, I set up a few weeks back and he due to his sort of uh, you know his work life and stuff like that it was a thing where 
which you can't get him in the gym that much because he works a lot of hours, but he, he, he said he can go to the gym four times. And the first thing he asked me was, you know, because he can only, only go to the gym four times a week, is that going to be enough to make significant progress over time? And I think one of the worst myths I hear is, you know, going along with the rep range of stuff is, it's down to the fact that you have to train a certain amount of times a week. Um, you know, you have to do a certain amount of sets. You have to do a certain amount of reps. And I think it also comes down to, again, if if you're training three times a week and you do that consistently and you overload your progression, you escalate volume, like as simple as it is, you will, you will make progress. So three times a week is one of them where I, I know many people who can train three times a week and make progress. Um, it just comes down to you, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I've ever actually put someone above four training days a week as of yet. <laughs> I've, I've got a few people on five, um, but ne- I would never put someone on above that because unless you're a genetic freak, if you're training to the intensity that I want you to be training yeah. at on six <laughs> times a week, do you know what I mean? Yeah, unless you are a genetic freak, bear in mind, obviously, I, I only coach you know natural people at this moment in time. And I'm, it's the same for pretty much the both of you as well. Yeah, so unless your recoverability is like, well, unless you're, you're, uh, you're IFBB pro, you've got yourself there, Kev. Did you know that, Harry? No. Yeah, he's... Uh, Kev, well, that's the wanna... difference between the clients. Like, if, if you look at us three and the way Kev's speaking, Kev speaks very, very well, uh, using a lot of big words that a lot of people will not understand. So what I'm trying to get across is how we can use Kev's big words and his knowledge and apply it to people that, we need, we need like a Kev dictionary, don't we? Yeah. The main point that I've kind of wanted to get across through all of this, like it's using the the knowledge, but in in like in, in a way that it can actually still be sort of a, applied to, to more of sort of a, a lifestyle audience. Cause I, even like on my, on, on my Instagram, like I, I, I try to like create as sort of as value driven content as, as possible on there. I, pro- I probably should have plugged the Instagram earlier, kev.brawn and brains. Um, Plug. But like every, everything on there is, is basically tried to, to be geared at like, you know, people who don't have a coach and still trying to give them like as much, value as possible so they can sort of go apply it in, in, in the gym themselves to kind of progress with with, with their physiques um and it, it, yeah i mean the 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 drugs one's funny in, in of itself but uh uh where, where were we even sort of going uh no i was i was just saying about recoverability just about right. you know the level yeah of yeah of course yeah yeah and obviously a free full day three body for mine would be just nailing the basics and then trying to probably look at getting him into a, a more specialization well, block. I, th- I think this guy well, who asked me what wasn't a beginner. That's the only thing I was asking. I don't think he's a beginner at all. Yeah, but the question you asked me was how I would set up for my... I guess so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was more coming at a stance of like them being sort of that semi-advanced trainee as it was. Yeah, but, yeah, but what, the, the question you asked me was how I would set up for three days. So I think that was me answering how I would set up for three days is a, is a full body. Because I think, again, my client base is on about nailing them basics. And well, here's, here's the interesting one. We can all, we can almost sort of split like a lifestyle audience in like two. I think Seth, Seth you, you and I have discussed this one before, but sort of within like the lifestyle. Cool yeah. This, yeah this like the, the audience can all, almost be kind of segmented within sort of the lifestyle front itself, because there are maybe those people who are like considerably, considerably newer to things you know maybe you know being like super stereotypical you know debbie you know 
40 years old quite wants over to lose a bit of weight yeah wants, wants to like lose her first 10 pounds or something versus like you know john the accountant who's already been in like the gym for like three or so years and uh you know already has like some some physique you know isn't isn't competitive or you know an athlete by any stretch but you know would still be like considered lifestyle even though it's maybe kind of a, a bit more advanced prime example of, of, of someone who's lifestyle but but not at the beginner stage is me and harry pretty much do you know what i mean we're we're not i don't know about you harry but i don't think you're you're not going to be competing anytime soon and you're not really got any thoughts have you no 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 so no, we yeah. are we are lifestyle aren't we that's what we try and portray yeah as much as we we know a fair bit about training and stuff like that uh we, we're like sort of the, the lifestyle but then you've got the other end you've got you know alan who just wants to lose a bit of weight so I think training, it does come down to a thing where it's like, it is very goal dependent. Um, and, and then some people just really enjoy training and they don't care about the physique at all. That's another sort of... That, that's something I wanted that. to point out about maybe Kev puts them on four days. Whereas for someone that wants to train after work, has had a shit day yeah. and just enjoys training, obviously they want that result. They want that physique development as well. But you've got to realise sometimes the gym is, is a bigger picture for people than just upgrading the physique. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There, 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 have been, there have been periods where, where you know, some people are, are on like five days. Don't get me wrong. If someone, if someone like comes to me and like really enjoys training, then I'm not going to be like, yes, you, you must tone down your training. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't um, exercise more, mate. Yeah. You have to stay at that four, four times a week period. I, I think it is a good point because it's like... Usually, however, what I, what I find is although plenty kind of like start me just kind of not not trying to like change too much making changes incrementally whereas i'll often like you know let them stay on like their five days a week usually as things kind of uh, escalate and they become a bit more busy and they kind of get a bit more educated usually they 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 do kind of start to adopt that mindset of sort of quality over over quantity and that's kind of a really nice breakthrough moment as a, as a lifestyle coach because sometimes that sort of mentality can lead to kind of some you know quite problematic behaviors so when you kind of then get people then actually sort of like all right i'll, I'll give this kind of you know lo lower stuff a shot when they start to kind of then sort of uh, adopt that in of themselves that's quite, quite a, a nice one and usually they'll notice that that doesn't kind of knock back progress uh, at all which is kind of a, a really nice kind of step forward in, in mentality well they they kind of you know, bring it, well, a, a very good amount of quality though with with a decent amount of quantity i just put that one out there like Oh, no, of course you can't. If it, you it, enjoy going into the gym, five days is not going to knock your quality of, a, of no, definitely that, not. That, that much. No, no, I think I think the point Kevin was getting at was like those people who think they have to train more. more no, no, I, I agree with the point. I'm just making sure that people don't take, because Kev's a very, very well-spoken person. So I don't want people <laughs> to uh, take what Kev's saying and think, and I'm just making sure that there's everything. everything no, no, so happens. I think, you know, personally that like, it's one of those things where where some people will will just if 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 training is sort of your like freedom as, as it is for mine I would say then if, you know if someone if a client comes to me and they're like you know I, I just really want to train five times a week yeah sure we'll we'll swap uh, because there's always ways of doing it there's always ways of getting quality out of it by de 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 loading the, the volume on each session. And then making it easier. Yeah, it's just more as an industry. I think we've spoken about it now. A lot of people can hear something or take something and then run with it. Well, I, exactly, exactly the point of like because of how smart Kev is that they do not just uh, take something and feel like they can't not, do. 
he can't do the other thing as he's well. He's got a he's got a textbook behind his laptop. I, isn't it? No. <laughs> I get I get I, I do get too much credit, but the 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 point that I wanted to make was sort of just deconstructing the idea that that more is better because even even Seth, we've we've talked about this before on like the the diet front. You know, when when people sometimes you know be like, "Are you sure I can eat this much and and, and lose weight and stuff?" And oh it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just yeah. more so that that mentality of you know more 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 work harder 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 more, eat less. More, better. Yeah, Do, exactly. move more. Yeah, yeah I so, think so that's it's just kind of that that deconstructing of the sort of you know more more is better men, men, mentality that you know can actually you know potentially be some somewhat problematic sometimes, and and all I'm saying is that it's kind of nice when people you know then then start to, to see things you know as, I, I actually you know I can kind of uh, you know step this back and still make good progress because on on the lifestyle front it is usually you know the 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 most optimal way is often not the most sort of adherable or consistent for, for yeah no, no one wants to do optimal as last so, so again sort of responsibility as a coach you know figuring out how can i you know optimize things within the constraints of uh, of this client's you know availability etc cetera, etc cetera. how can i how can i make this you know guiding them to the water like as as, as seamless as as possible while while still you know ensuring that that the, the, the journey isn't like overly sort of like complicated and stuff I, th- I think it comes to the bigger picture as well it's like this isn't just about you know for anyone listening this isn't just about you have to train less train up eat more this is about you know do what you enjoy and it, it, this is a really good example it's like the the amount of uh, specifically female clients i've had on who who, who are, i've got eating so much food and they'll be like you know i, I was with x coach before and i was eating 1400 calories i never knew i could you know eat this much to lose weight it's like everyone is an individual um, and you know, we as a as an industry need to kind of break out of this thing where, no, you need to train three days, you need to train six days, you need to eat this much, you, you don't need to eat this much. And it's like it, it really comes down to that bigger picture. And as a coach, you have a, a responsibility of educating a client as well and just, just saying, you know, I want you to, to eat more. I want you to train less. I want you to train more. It's, it's one of those things where people will just hear something like um something off social media because they've got a million followers about about how you have to eat this much food to lose weight and i think it just comes down to it isn't you know i'm sure we both we've all had it it's a, it's a nice moment when it, when a client will sort of say, say to you you know i thought i had to do this but actually i'm getting really you know good results doing doing the opposite mm-hmm. so i think you know what it comes down to is that is that everyone is going to be a, you know an individual and, and everyone reacts differently to different things and maybe just try and just do it yourself and just try and sort of practice everything, see what you enjoy, see what gets you the most results. And, and, that, and that's going to you know, work for you in the long run, I think. Yeah. I think do what you enjoy is, is the, the big, big takeaway from that. And that's sort of what I was trying to get across with, with Kev is that as much as uh, Kev's got very, very high level clients, by it sounds of it, um, that at times, enjoyment is is the main thing for a lifestyle background and being able to go into the gym and give you everything because you enjoy the exercise you are you are doing or you enjoy the training split you are running i think that that is the the big takeaway i would i would like to get across well it's like it's like what i said about me and you isn't it it's like obviously, obviously kev's got a uh you know competition coming up so he's you're you're an, you're an athlete, mate. You're not a fucking lifestyle guy like we are. So you can get. <laughs> so we're now like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like the you know the lifestyle guys where it is like I I honestly I'm not a fussed about my physical development at the moment. I'm just not. I, I literally the only reason I'm still training right now because I'm so busy is because I enjoy training that much. And like for example, I went through obviously my program with my coach recently. Switched up my program. I, I've got you know pulling from the floor. Okay, <laughs> recoverability is not going to be great off that, but I, but I fucking enjoy it, so I'm doing it because there's nothing that's stopping me from doing that now because I'm not on that competitive path. So it's like, if there's an exercise there where it's like, you've heard on TikTok that it's like, or on Instagram that, you know, really you shouldn't be doing this exercise or that it's not good. As long as it's not a dangerous exercise, as long as you enjoy it, yes, it might limit your results by 2%, then do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, the, the, the point I'm trying to get across is that there's, the how to build the perfect program, I'm sure you two would agree, doesn't actually exist because no, everyone is going to be different. Clickbait title, though. Yeah, yeah, that, that's always <laughs> that's always used for. <laughs> the conclusion is there isn't one, like <laughs> because because there isn't because everyone's different. Everyone's going to enjoy different things. Yeah, no. Out outcome, and then pretty much sort of reverse engineering to to achieve that outcome, and each kind of you know, client consultation is going to bring up sort of its own sort of constraints for, for what that solution to, to the problem is or isn't able to, to include. Yeah, completely. Um, have we got any other points on that subject in particular at all anyone wants to, to bring up? I think something Kev, I think Kev will be able to give a very, very good input is, um, is lifestyle clients being able to train like bodybuilders do not think because you are a lifestyle client, you are um, you are limited in training. Obviously, PED use and all that and all that might come in, but you can still run exercises that you you would see Terence Ruffin do or something like that. That like they are not miles and miles ahead mm. of you in terms of what exercises you can do and do well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Again, it's sort of tools to to achieve a, a certain outcome, and usually where physique development is involved, we can probably learn a thing or two from people who have sort of the the highest developed physiques. Yeah, top of the game, but <laughs> success leaves clues. Is, is yeah, there. exactly. That, and, yeah, you know, but, but there is another. Like, there's there's caveat to that. Of there course. is much caveat to that when you've got like, let's not you know say Brilliant. names, but yeah, yeah. I'll, like whatever let's not say a name is like Mike Thurston but you know it is one of those things where it's like you do see these guys like doing like there is a caveat to it where it's like okay okay you have this amazing seek and you look great but stop preaching this knowledge because that is not the reason you look like you do yeah, yeah they also don't do everything wrong though either do they the, the, no, 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 I'm not saying that, but you shouldn't. Right. You should, um, but you shouldn't take exactly what they're saying because before. because they look so good. Yeah, a lot of people will look at them and be like, "Oh, behind the neck pull down, that is an amazing movement because he's developed so much from that." But so it's like I, my name mentioned was Terence Ruffin, though not not Mike Thurston. So making sure we are on about top level, like after. have you seen? Have you seen Mike Thurston? I mean, uh, he yeah, is but, like he is like right. There's a big difference between him and fucking Terence Ruffin, though, isn't there? It's not because because no, but it's not because people will believe that one of them is natural and one of them isn't because one of them is performing at a high level in bodybuilding and the other one they won't be, they'll they'll look at him and think oh he looks great. I was talking like about exercise selection great. though, so basing it on exercise selection and then 
But this is Clarence Ruffin does with Joe Bennett. Yeah, no, Terrence Ruffin's great. I just can do that as well. Is was my sort of point. I do understand your point, but we're we're on about copying like high level bodybuilders, not copying social media influencers. I suppose, but more people. I'm just saying because more people know about them than bodybuilders. Bodybuilding's quite a niche, very niche. Do you know what I mean? There's there's the 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 caveat still remains because even even in those circumstances, even at like high level, you know, athletes in, in in physique and stuff. There's, there's still very much sort of that, you know, what they're doing now isn't even necessarily what got them there. So it, it is important to, you know, critically analyze source for sure. Um, but as, as, as Harry was saying, you know, success, you know, for, for the most part, there, there, there will be some, some clues left behind from like a, a large range of success. So we can sort of piece those things together sort of based on, on, on the sources. And uh, it also kind of goes back to, to that idea of sort of, you know, with, within the lifestyle, you know, po- population does... Will, will, you know, someone who's completely new to the gym benefit from, you know, training to, to failure straight away? You know, may, maybe not, but maybe kind of that, you know, like more sort of physique kind of lifestyle. Yeah, pro- probably so. So there is a, a huge sort of, a, you know, in, individual variability there as well. But uh, should should people, you know, it, it's definitely not a fact that a lifestyle can't train like bodybuilders. Absolutely not. Yeah. So my point was like, you can't, you, you can't do, I keep bringing up his name, but you can't do Terrence Ruffin split. You can't train exactly how he does, but there's no no nothing to say, and you can't go like to the intensity that he does. Uh, yeah, yeah. Use some of the similar exercises. Um, actually, take in some of the things that his coach and things are saying because they can still all relate to you. Yeah, who who's his coach? Does anyone know? I don't know. Who it is. I, know. Uh, I, think, I think his nutrition coach at the minute is uh, Hyacinth Nasir and uh, training oh, yeah. Joe Bennett. I know trains with it. Trains with who? I know he trains with Joe Bennett. I don't. I don't know if he controlled his training or not. Yeah, he he he's great. I mean, if you can look at anyone, um, hypertrophy coach for someone to look at in terms of you know exercise selection in the most part. I think. I do get what you mean. I just it think as well, which is nice. That you you'd probably be surprised with how little how many people actually don't know Terence Ruffin is. Yeah, it's I probably could have picked a better name. Niche. I could have picked a better name, but I feel like Sebum does some some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's funk, funky exercises as I, well. I do know what you mean because it's a good choice in this industry because he's like he's just great, isn't he? Yeah, but, he's second and coached by Joe Bennett. It was the the yeah, best name to pick. I just think that like we're we're a lifestyle thing, so it's like most most lifestyle guys will not have a clue who. Terence Ruffin is, and I can guarantee that because bodybuilding is so niche because they'll know they these YouTube guys. Yeah, if they listen and go look at Mike Thurston versus Terence Ruffin, if they if they listen to this and went and looked at both of them, uh, I could could definitely I think they will be, definitely be able to tell the difference. No, no, I, I agree. No, 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 but what I'm saying is people listening to this won't know who he is as a, as a person, but they might know who like a Mike Thurston is or a, or a Matt Does Fitness or some one of these guys who has millions of followers and who are in the industry, who are promoted by Gymshark, who are pushed out by MyProtein because they'll know who they are because they see them on all these ads because they see the YouTube videos. Terrence Ruffin doesn't have that big a following outside of bodybuilding. So what you, what I'm, I'm getting across is like, there is certain people I, w- I would look up to in terms of exercise selection, and certain I-, I wouldn't. Terence Ruffin's a really good example. I think it's someone that you can look at um, and learn a lot from. Obviously, with with him being coached by you know Joe Bennett and doing training by him. The, the question was relating to training like a bodybuilder, though. So 
Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. There, there, are, there are elements of, the, of it that can certainly be uh, applied. I think when when I when I was younger, actually, that that was almost something that I feared. So so that's actually probably a good one. Just sort of the anecdotal side. It was like, for example, I, I thought like, oh no, you know, I can't. I don't. I don't want to train like you know quite as hard as some some bodybuilders or yeah. you know, do this and that because like oh you know they're maybe they're on steroids and, and stuff and you well, know it's may, not, maybe not maybe quick, they're on steroids well, well, <laughs> no, most of them will be but there is <laughs> still in the context of developing physique there is often still uh, some things that we can take from it that can be applied to a lifestyle audience for the sake of developing physique yeah no definitely i, I do I, I do see what you mean in terms of like just purely bodybuilders i think i'm just more coming from a standpoint that like Oh, don't don't get me wrong. I totally understand your point, but my question, my point is, two things is that one, the question was relating to training like bodybuilders, not a social media influencer. And second thing is, if they are listening to this, they have a phone. So if if uh, if we mention a name, they probably can go look at the person we True. are we are relating I, them to. True, but like my point was like more people just know them in general, know of them for 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 many a months, many a years, whatever. And they'll see them doing the training. I just think Terence Ruffin is great. It's just very like niche compared to like someone like Chris Bumstead. Chris Bumstead is like the lifestyle bodybuilder now, just because yeah, yeah, he does some, does some weird exercises as well. That, that maybe... we should we should call this calling out Chris Bumstead. That'll get some. <laughs> 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 just, yeah, but yeah, I, it, I know what you mean. I do. I do. Cool. I do understand the, the, the point of it. It's like bodybuilders. Um, yeah, but then you look at some of the open guys, man. They have. Honestly, some of their form execution is like, yeah. What people have to remember as well with bodybuilders are high end. They have a genetic predisposition where they can look at a dumbbell and add five pounds. But like yeah. that is something we have to remember as well. On top of that, yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they, they, they do their, uh, they do have this, you know, genetic predisposition to to just gain muscle easily. Um, so to, to maybe don't copy exactly what they're doing. But if there's an exercise you think you like, and just because they're massive and olympia you know you can do that anyone can do it i mean i do understand what you mean because i think i had it before like you kevra it's like oh i don't really want to do that because yeah. i don't know i can't think of an I example can, i can only i can only train like rob Lipsid because you know he must be he must be natty so yeah yeah yeah. one, one of the lifestyle guys i can only yeah. train like these because i want to look i want to be as aesthetic and stuff like that yeah. where it's like no just just you can train however you want i think it is an important thing to take where it's like you can look at someone's exercise selection and be like, yeah, but what I would say is when it comes to execution, just be a bit more cautious on. Yeah, on no, it's, it's, it's very much sort of are some of the, the tools that these guys are using, whether that be, you know, an exercise, whether that be a, you know, an element of execution, uh, you know, is, do, do these tools fit the job that I'm trying to do and therefore should, should I use them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, most, most lifestyle people do not want to look like um, the open guys. Big, big Rami. Yeah. So Maybe. a lot of them probably. To be fair, I, I wouldn't want to look like that. I mean, let's be honest, I would have no chance. But like Nick Walker, like look at the state of him, man. He looks, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean though? It's like. That's what I mean. So It's, like, it's impressive, but f- fucking hell. Like who wants to be that big? Seriously. It's impressive for us because we're in the scene. Whereas if someone sort of like. No, it's impressive for anyone. Anyone walking down the street seeing him, they're like. No, but I mean like we can look at that and be like, wow, well, that, that is very impressive. Whereas some do, people look at that, I and agree. That is horrible. I think that's that's I why I be like that. That's why I put something in like a, like a Mike Thurston, like a Matt Fitness, because they have just nice physiques that 
for most people, they believe are naturally attainable or attained from that period of time. And that's kind of the reason I put their names in because, you know, Olympians level physique is of course going to be, you know, my thirst is a little bit more attainable, but, but then if you think about lifestyle, he's like the pinnacle of a life of a, lifestyle physique for, for most people that's kind of the reason i put his name in there because they've got millions of followers because most people know them and because a a nick walker even like most classic guys you look at the size of them realistically then you know most people a, a matt does fitness and mike thurston's physique a rob blitz's physique is more achievable so they're more likely to follow their movement patterns than an olympian because they'll see that as, as way out there if that makes what sense. physique are you going for when you when you compete uh ronnie me, I'm not fucking competing again, mate. Well, that's well, that's Kev. He's got a competition in July. Mate, I'm 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 still natty. So what I can do between now and July is just hope that I don't become an absolute string bean. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, that was like the, that's the main issue in it. Like you realize quickly, gain lean naturally, how little muscle you have and how yeah. much of that was just fat. Yeah, I'm not aiming for a specific physique. I'm just aiming to not like look like a malnourished child. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's a good point to look at. Um, I think everyone can just kind of enjoy the training. If you see an exercise that you like, try it. If you like it, do it within reason, of course. If you don't, don't. I mean, what's Harry smirking? How you got something to say? No, just your little. If you like it, do it. If you don't, don't. <laughs> well, it's it's the thing though, isn't it? If you don't enjoy it, don't do it because you won't stick it up for the for the foreseeable. It won't be sustainable in your if program. You don't enjoy training that legs though. You've still got to do it. Well, oh, no, no, that's can we just get that in there? You, <laughs> you you have to still train legs if you don't enjoy it. That's that's one thing where I'm sick of seeing that. The, the the big one, the big one in the lifestyle scene is obviously that idea of motivation, isn't it? That's one that I get asked about all the time. It's motivation versus discipline. That's I think. Yeah. And 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 I say and I say uh, discipline's overrated as, as well because. Is kind of as you said. If you if you if you if, if you don't enjoy something, then inevitably that discipline runs out at some point as well. So it, I agree with that. It very really much comes that, yeah. comes to sort of tailoring protocols in a way that's just enjoyable above anything else. Because after after a point, you don't want to have to rely on discipline either. I really agree with that because it's like okay, so you're starting an initial program, right? You've got a new transport in place. You're gonna you're gonna do it for the first three weeks, and you're gonna be so motivated. There will be a time when motivation will go down. Okay. Let's just get discipline in place. Now I'm disciplined for two weeks. Okay, I'm really not enjoying this. I hate everything about it. You stop. So that, that's the you know the, the kind of the importance of everything we spoke about is to take everything into account and think, what can I input here that's going to make my training more enjoyable? Because you could have you yeah. could have the worst, in our opinion, the least optimal exercise selection versus the most optimal exercise selection. If you do the most optimal for three months and if you do the least for a year, what do you think is going to go on more results? Shock. The one that you're more consistent of for a longer period of time. So I think it is, like you said, like discipline and motivation will eventually just fall off. Realistically, both of the motivation will come first. That'll go. Discipline will then come. That'll go. Okay, now you're stuck at square one because you don't enjoy what you're doing and you're not motivated. So I think, yeah, that's probably a good point to have, isn't it? Arguably, motivation's more important because motivation... I don't know the way I'd look at it is obviously motivation dips, um, but motivation is the driver on the daily basis that I think links with enjoyment more than discipline does. Like, yeah, yeah, it does. like discipline can like obviously run out and then you're going to give up. Whereas motivation is it's always going to come and go. 
but you're a lot more sort of motivated to do something if you enjoy it. Well, one thing I was going to say, I think, I think that's, that's a good point, actually, because it's like, like there are there. I think one point that I would, I would make is as well is, is what is always going to be key is patience more than anything. Because you, I think a lot of people will overestimate the amount of muscle they can actually put on in, in a short period of time. Right. I think I had a rant about this one on Instagram the other day. <laughs> yeah, it is like the point where it's like, you know, not, not to call any of my, you know, clients past clients have had out and they'll, they'll go on for a month and it's like, what? They'll be training a month and it's like, oh, I can't really see any changes yet. And you'll have to kind of get through to them that, you know, as, as, a, as a person not using any performance enhancers, you are, it's going to take a considerable amount of time to put on uh, muscle mass, um, especially if you're not a beginner to the scene as well. Obviously, if you're a beginner, there's going to be that novel stimulus, of course. But um, I think the key to it all, along with the enjoyment, is, is serious patience because it's going to, probably going to take a lot longer than you've heard on the internet either way. Here's a little, here's a little, par- here's a little paradox for you. If, in, if enjoyment is there, then does patience ever run out? Because the, the reason why, like, pe- people always ask me, like, how do you, you do this like, every day and stuff? Because I enjoy it. It's because like I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disciplined. I don't just like, oh, I'm going to the gym today. I was a force of, I'm, I'm excited to go to the yeah. gym. I, don't, and I, I, always don't... Say, I always say to people as well, like, if you don't enjoy training, all right, find another activity you enjoy. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there, there is certain things you just don't enjoy in life. And it's like, people will ask me, way. like, you are? You're a bit weird though, aren't you? Yeah, that's true. But if people ask me, like, how how do you actually, you know, train all the time? How have you not had many breaks? Because I enjoy it. It's not like I'm disciplined. I don't, I, I don't stay motivated all the time. So even I, right, and even both of you will, will get up sometimes and think, oh, I feel a bit, like, tired. I feel a bit done today. I can't really bother to go to the gym. It's very normal to not feel motivated all the time. Like no one is motivated all the time. Especially I to believe. if you have a nine to five and you're going before work. Uh, that, yeah, that, I mean, that I mean people like people like you, Harold, it is a lot harder to be fair. <laughs> you you are the, the pinnacle of the lifestyle. I mean, obviously for people like me, it is a little bit easier. Yeah, Kev, what uh, was that what was that name you used earlier for the accountant? Was it Andy? Uh I think I said John or something, but yeah. yeah well, let, let's change John to Harry. Harry. <laughs> I am an accountant as well. So uh, you are like peak lifestyle aren't you really it's like yeah that's why i keep i don't want to like feel like i'm butting in too much but that's why i'm trying to push kev to and you as well sometimes to explain i I feel like i'm in that like i'm in that middle ground you are you have done a competition you you do well you have competed you you can't give me that look when you have competed uh but um yeah, that, that's why I'm trying to get across them points because at times I, I think I have been in that nine to five, wanted to train, heard too many big words, and then training becomes very confusing. So yeah, but so have I to be fair. That one is, is very important. It was only like a year ago I was doing like uh, 50 odd hours a week. It's, I think it's pretty similar to, to most of us. Um, and it is a thing where if you are working 40 to 50 hours, whatever, you are... One million percent not going to be motivated all the time. That's why it's so important to find something you enjoy. Because if you find going to the gym a chore after you've worked for nine hours doing a job which you hate, realistically, that will probably go on for about four days. 
Do you know what I mean? Because you you are furthering your non-enjoyment of life at that point. So that's why it's of vast importance to just actually enjoy your training and enjoy um, living the life whilst also you know living your life. Yeah. Especially living in England, where you only get sun for like three months. So then I'll you want to make... It's been great now. Yeah. It's, Do you want to make my mood, my mood last few days has been so good. I've literally just sat outside all the time. It's really nice at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piss off. I've been sat inside. I've literally been sat in the garden doing work all day. Yeah, Lovely. good for you, mate. I've been sat in the sun. <laughs> depressed. You, work, you don't work at home, do you? No. Yeah, coffee, coffee on the balcony in the sun is where it's at for me. Oh, Harry, you should see Kev's balcony. It's very nice. Yeah, well, you're all a bunch of twats, mate. Uh, I had to have the blinds closed because it got in people's eyes. <laughs> I hate working with people like that. Well, I used to work with such dickheads. It did, it, did, it, did, it did get in her eyes, bless her. I, I can't I can't slate it. I'd complain as well. <laughs> I'll to bring some sunnies in next time. The, the main the main thing that, that I hope that I've kind of gotten gotten across is kind of all the sort of like, you know, fancy bits of physique development is more so just sort of laying the, the foundations for people to kind of be able to sort of go go away and kind of learn more if they want to. Because, uh, again, like, as, as we said a million times, you 100% do not need a coach to, to get great results. But appreciate that if you want to do it on your own, then you're probably going to have to sort of dedicate some, you know, time and effort to, to learning more about this. So what I, what I do hope is even if that kind of has, uh, you know, kind of planted some, some you know, big words and stuff in people's heads that they can now sort of go away. sort of being like, okay, that, that, they're, they're on about those like, you know, resistance profiles and stuff and kind of then go, you know, look in, into that a bit more and like, Oh, you know, if, if I, you know, don't want to invest in a coach, then, Oh, here I am reading about resistance profiles. I can now apply this to my training for some slightly better results and, and stuff it's like potentially, that. You might find another enjoyment as well. Like, I don't know about you two. When I, when I first started doing it, I was like, heard stuff like you know, resistance profiles and stuff. And then when you actually go into it, I, I, this might be just me, but I do actually find it's it quite enjoyable and fascinating. Definitely just you, mate. Not, well, it's definitely not just me with, with this guy here, is it? Yeah, I meant just me. Like, I am involved in that as well, but I meant like, if, if I've sat there and had conversations with friends and they switch off so quickly. No, but I th- they think... They training, but they switch off. So they sort of like understand the training. But wait, so point on Kev is the you don't need Kev's amount of knowledge either. Uh, you can just... No. Watching some good people on YouTube or following the right people Should, on we, should we give some names? I think. Yeah, yeah, I was going to go on to that. So then... I'll, you should go with like, obviously, you know, muscle mentors. We all... I mean, if you're talking about like anatomy and stuff, I think... well, you say you don't need my level of of, of knowledge. Yeah. We're probably about to rattle off some people who are way smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, muscle muscle yeah. muscle mentors is probably probably one step ahead of of uh, like where you even need to be on YouTube. So I think like people like Josh Bridgman, I think he's a good one to follow, like watch his YouTube, follow him. You'll learn a lot from Josh uh, in the like. Very early stages, definitely. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think who else I, I watch now on a consistent basis. I don't actually watch that much bodybuilding stuff anymore, to be fair. Um, I think, you know, people who I sort of follow and listen to, I think muscle mentors, I do agree that it's, it's quite advanced. Some of the stuff is a bit less, do you know what I mean, than... It's, it's again about the application to the client because I, I think most people can can learn plenty from like the, the muscle mentors and, you know, speaking in like, you know, similar jargon to, to I... 
but it's for example things where where like you know for example uh, paul will will then talk about like using a luggage scale like on a hack squat to like you know measure like the 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 pull from the sled and like band magnitude it's like getting lifestyle clients to do that in the gym you know when just being oh, yeah like, <laughs> yeah I remember, I remember you telling me that actually there was a what, what, my, what was it again? well my thing is is then you know so, <laughs> the, the knowledge but then you know the actual sort of programming and the service to the client being you know on on their level that's kind of the the middle ground what, i try to sort of draw what was the uh what was the example again with the uh the luggage with the resistance on the machine. Have you not heard them, them talk about? No, that you you told me, but I, I I can't. I've never heard it in the actual thing. I just just for example, to like you know, obviously, you know, if if you want to weigh a plate, you could technically just take like a scale to the gym and put like a dumbbell or a plate oh, on it, and that would yeah. give you the 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 load that you're dealing with. Whereas if something's like on an inclined plane and you know has like a sled involved, like a leg press or a or a hack squat, then you know. <laughs> technically like if you if you like wanted to band it and you wanted to like figure out the band magnitude or something you, you the, the the way i've heard it you know discussed by people like paul is like getting like a luggage scale and actually like pulling on the bands and stuff you know what i mean yeah i've, so, I've seen the video of paul doing that at the gym that's, that's, that's what i mean so my, my people have the, the knowledge and stuff but then you know the, the application hmm. have you got anyone that you like used to watch when you the thing is i I was watching like Simeon Panda and stuff, so I'm not really going to suggest him. I think. Have you got anyone, Kev, that you 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 watch, you know, quite consistently, etc.? I think I think the the best sort of resources are again sort of uh, you know knowledge, but presented in the right way. I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, the guys at N1 Education, uh, the yeah. Muscle Mentors to to a degree, but uh, yeah, on on like Instagram and stuff, people like uh, Paul Carter. Um, you Paul, know, Paul Carter's good because it's, 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 yeah. it's easy to, to digest. Stuff very nice. Well, well, well that's, that's pretty much sort of what, what, what I try to sort of get across. It's sort of that, you know, underpinning, you know, knowledge, you know, physiology, mechanics, whatever. But then, you know, the, the, the it, Paul, Paul will like still include some like big words. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you know, there'll be like confusing shit on there. And I'm sure he does confuse a lot of people, but it's about kind of setting setting kind of those 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 you know flags for people to then go kind of search further for, for, for but, but it's the big the big a word lot of, a lot easier to um a lot easier to understand visualize though aren't they so like listen to a podcast they can come across very very uh daunting when it's got a practical example in front of you i think that that's where the big words well that paul carter i think he he portrays it quite digestible info in a way even though it's you know words that people might not be familiar with the way that he puts his content out there as probably says for, for most people quite a good way of learning just because it's really digestible people info. we mentioned for like a, a beginner so obviously not not some of your levels but like the people we mentioned on the lap pull down so like jpg and uh that that klpt and then to be fair yeah to be fair like that klpt i think uh, that Tom actually too knows him, and his knowledge in terms of that is quite good. Even just for simple things like that, in terms that's of like, what I mean, if if we're going yeah. to simples, then the very decent people to uh, don't take everything they say with like into it, but very 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 uh, basic very yeah. basic body mechanic breakdowns. Yeah, you know stuff which is you know important in terms of identifying what muscle you are actually targeting in this movement i think people like that are, are good for, for the basics 100 percent. yeah i think i think that's everything isn't it covered for today yeah it's everything i had down kev do you want to plug the the academy again kev 
obviously nah, it's, nah, it's, it's, you've shown nah. off shown off a lot of your knowledge in this and now you may as well people, people are going to be running to you mate as we'll the, lose all our client base <laughs> as, as i said you know my, my thing's about using the, the the knowledge to kind of you know give give the opportunity for sort of the the the, the, the best results but the, the way in which I, I then apply that is then kind of very client specific, of course. Um, you know, again, um, I am an online coach. So, if, you know, anyone sort of does like what I do, I do try to kind of deliver some good quality content stuff over on my Instagram, which is where I'm most active. Uh, what, what's your Instagram? Have you already, have you already said it? You already said it. Kev.Braun and Brains, just for anyone who didn't catch it earlier. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure, lads. I hope it, it hasn't kind of gone too overboard for you. I know we've been on here a while, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. So, cheers for having me on. Yeah, perfect. Obviously, as as last time, we appreciate any feedback, um, anything that you want to hear about, any you know topics you want us to go over in future episodes, or any potential people you might want us to have on. Um, other than that, we appreciate you listening, and yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you very much. And any big words you want, uh, get at Kev's Instagram, and he'll, he'll just just message. If there's anything you like, I have no idea what that means. Just drop it on Instagram, Kev will Kev will go over it with you. All right, thank you very much.